Hello, welcome to Songs in the Key of, a podcast about songs. These might be old songs, new songs or middle-aged songs, anything that takes my fancy really. Sometimes these shows will be themed around an idea, a person, a genre or some other concept. Other times they will simply reflect my latest obsessions, my new favourite bands, those songs I can't get out of my head. So let's get on with it. I make no apologies for what's likely to be a regular appearance of acts from the Medway area in these episodes, particularly this week as I've been chatting with Kevin Younger from the band The High Span about their debut EP Quirky Mini Boss Squad EP. The results will be on my Reviewage YouTube channel ever so shortly. Medway's got a long history of thrashy, garagey bands making a nuisance of themselves. Right from the days of punk in the 1970s through to a week next Tuesday, Kevin Younger has a history of being in all kinds of bands, from working with Sexton Ming through to the marvellously experimental Hand of Stabs, and he has, of course, been part of the Subway sect. The High Spans EP is a glorious piece of punky pop fixated on personal memories of a distant childhood and youth. Take Hamble, for example, which dwells on the creepy doll that once appeared on episodes of Play School. But I really love Ninor from the EP, an account of a car trip after a gig Kevin played on his A-level results day with his band The Train Set. It ended badly, particularly for a car carefully parked in a tucked away Rochester street when Kevin's friend ploughed his car into it. The song hurtles around with a manic energy complete with vocal impressions of emergency vehicles. I love it. A couple of years back, Radiohead did us all the enormous favour of releasing a remastered version of their best album in the world ever, 1997's OK Computer, complete with a whole album's worth of unreleased material from recording sessions from around that time. I'm not usually one for buying remastered anniversary editions of albums. Endless unused takes of the Beach Boys' good vibrations, complete with coughing and spluttering and loads of misstarts, aren't really that necessary, and kind of take away from the magic of the real thing. Well, that's what I think anyway. But with OK Not OK, there's a great deal to like, if not love. It could almost be mistaken for a whole proper album in its own right. Take Man of War, for example. Described by Tom York as a homage to James Bond, there was even an attempt to get the song to be used for a Bond film. It's a shame it wasn't picked up as it's perfect. It's got that dark, tense, widescreen dramatic sound that fills and swamps your ears. It makes you want to put on a dinner jacket and head off for the nearest casino in your Aston Martin. Or at least pop on your hoodie and head off to the shops in your Ford Fiesta. Drift all you like From ocean to ocean Search the whole world 
I mentioned him briefly in last week's Reading 2000 special. We shared the indignity on the final night of the festival, attempting to sleep our way through the stench of our mate John's vodka vomit. Earlier that day, he'd breakfasted like a champion on a one-to-one ratio of vodka and lemonade in a two-litre bottle. Anyway, I digress. Ewan had what appeared to be an impenetrably deep knowledge of music. And I was, to be honest, a little envious. One of the bands he enthused about on a regular basis was Porcupine Tree. You've probably got a good idea already about what a band called Porcupine Tree would sound like, even if you haven't heard them. Great big, dense soundscapes with plenty of indecipherable lyrics. Even less from their album Stupid Dream, starts with orchestral strings tuning up and ends with the sound of disembodied phone calls. In between, there are the kinds of guitar solos that can only be delivered by guitarists who have each foot in a different postcode. Once upon a time, I thought the whole catalogue of Porcupine Tree was pretentious, overpreened nonsense. Fantastic pretentious, overpreened nonsense, but pretentious, overpreened nonsense nonetheless. Now, though, it's clear there is actual legitimate depth and meaning to their songs that makes them far more than a mid-period Pink Floyd wannabe band. Listen to this if you don't believe me. dad was Jimmy Webb, the brains behind Wichita Lineman, Galveston and MacArthur Park, it would be pretty much incumbent upon you to be a half-decent musician. Fortunately for Christiane, Justin and James Webb, their decency at musicianship is indecently good. Magnificent even. Much as I love their third and self-titled album, complete with its vaguely disturbing rhymes of babies and rabies, My entry point for them was their second album, Maroon, which remains their best. It's the instrumentation of the Webb Brothers music that really grabs you. 
Theirs is far from the standard guitar, bass, drums and vocal lineup. Here you've got pianos forming a key component, together with all manner of other keyboard instruments, alongside strings and, most importantly, a massive imagination. Marooned, the almost titular song from this second album, is a case in point. Refuse to like it, and quite honestly, we can no longer be friends. delighted the other day to hear a new thing on the radio. Arab Strap have a new song out. Let there be much dancing and celebrating in the streets. In a dour, understated way, of course. There's something very appealing about artists who let their accent ooze through their singing voice. This seems all the more true the further up northern Britain you go. Jarvis Cocker's Sheffield drawl, Paul Smith's Geordie inflections on Maximo Park songs, and, of course, Aidan Moffat's thick Scottish tones on any Arab strap song. The turning of our bones clocks in at an expansive five and a little bit minutes. It's a restless longing for life to return to something more primal. It opens with a line about not giving a fuck about the past, our glory days gone by, an apposite lyric delivered at a time when half of us are scrutinising our slave trading past and the other half are resolutely singing along to rule Britannia out of sheer bloody mindedness. It's a song celebrating the earthy, ancient needs of humans to feel, touch and engage, to be part of something far less complicated than Brexit or the rise and fall of Sterling, the machinations of Breitbart or the nefarious plans of Putin. It's an invitation to be. Surrender all self-control, quit now before the bell tolls. Let's sing the sighs from our souls. I don't give a fuck about the past, our glory days gone by. All I care about right now is that we mole inside your thigh. And my confidence might crumble, but my brio is unbroken. Let me loosen all your knots. Let our bodies be a walking. It's been another seven years. It's showing round the eyes. I have a confession to make. I've only recently got my hands on the Small Faces album Ogden's Nut Gone Flake. I picked it up in Magic Discs in Raynham, Kent. There aren't a great deal of record and CD shops around in the Medway area now. You can pretty much count them on the finger of one finger. It's a gloriously chaotic place with records and CDs stacked haphazardly all over the place. Place your fingers on a copy of the Smith's Hatful of Hollow nestling near the bottom of a leaning tower of plastic and there's every chance there'll be a deluge of pre-loved copies of albums by Cast, Hawkwind, Rob Dugan and Eliza Carthy. I love it in that place. In the event of some terrible traumatic event, I think a shop like that will definitely be my default happy place. Anyway, back to the Small Faces album. The second half, second side, I suppose, if you're lucky enough to own the vinyl version, comprises a kind of fairy tale interspersed by songs. I would tell you what the fairy tale is about, but 
Unfortunately, I don't know, and I don't think I'm the only one. It's narrated by Stanley Unwin, who famously had a glorious way of telling nonsense tales in a particularly nonsensical way. Happy Days Toy Town comes towards the end of the story, where, as far as I can tell, the hero returns from his adventures to rapturous applause from the locals. It's a ticker tape parade of a song, but its finest moments come early on. Thoris Gump may have believed that life was like a box of chocolates, but for the small faces, clearly fans of a high fibre diet, it was a bit different. Life is like a bowl of all bran. Life is just a bowl of old bread You wake up every morning and it's there So live as only you can It's all about, enjoy it Cause ever since you saw it There ain't no one can take it away Another thing I picked up from Magic Discs last week was Schleep by Robert Wyatt Prior to this, the only thing I'd heard from him was his cover of Shipbuilding. Robert Wyatt's voice is a delicate, fragile thing, both straining and strained. It's the perfect medium for delivering lyrics about the sorrow of war and the loss of life that came with the Falklands conflict. But Schleep shows there can be a sting in the tale of these vocals. Take blues in Bob Minor, an acerbic take on Bob Dylan's subterranean homesick blues. The lyrics pass by in a blur. Even when you look at them written down, they seem to race away somewhere off the page. But there's hints in there of a righteous discontent with disenfranchisement. There are snatches of lyrics that speak volumes. Lines like, Martha's in the government, digging up the basement, rebel into representative for the voter and toes in the water, but you've only got ten. It seems like a song that dwells on the futility of things, but the need, the compulsion to fight on. Benjamin Franklin's idiom about death and taxes seems to permeate the song, especially when you get to the end. Don't give up, the dead man cried. There's more of us than there are of you. Soon you'll all be on our side. Roger's in the archive, looking up case for Martha's in the government, digging up the basement, rebel into representative for the voter, shadow backbencher, couldn't get a word in, turned up anyway, it's youth burning, all consuming, drinks in the cabinet, spent a lot of time just examining the building, drinks on the house, we must be joking, corridors, a power cuts, toy telephone, bills, long time, no see underneath the scoreboard, looking for the roots of the family tree, top toes in the water, but you've already got ten. Creepy twanging banjo, the heavy distortion of the guitars, and the ethereal voice of Mary Epworth on Black Doe make the song a must listen. Much as I thought the songs I'd chosen for this podcast were random, the only connection being their prominence on my radar lately, it turns out we're developing a bit of a theme here. As with the Arab Strap song, there's something very primal about this song comparing nature to manufacture, a competition nature will always win. Out on a recent foray, she sings, into the wild. Someone was watching us, there like a brace of blackened bone, mother and child. Think they know more than us, black doe. 
Experimentation with experimentalism is continuing. There's something darkly mysterious even about Lucretia Dalt's name. But that might just be because it reminds me of that Sisters of Mercy song. Lucretia Dalt's music varies between something approaching an accessible singer-songwriter style, albeit slightly warped, through to full-blown chilling weirdness. A mix of briny no-minimalism and hints of craft work all delivered through a disjointed, discomforting medium of unearthly sounds and spooked-out melodies. Pieces, you can't always really call them songs, that have attracted my attention lately, have been Edge, Errors of Skin and Tar. But today I think I'll plump for Seca, S-E-C-A, which distorts vocals to new extremes, like Cher's Believe, to the power of 728 million. It's disturbing and strange and utterly enticing. entirely possible I've already made my feelings about the unquestioning embrace of patriotism known earlier in this podcast while talking about the new Arab Strap song. Oddly, another tune that's been high on my radar this week has a similarly subversive edge to it. Strangely, it's the second reinterpretation of a song from West Side Story in four episodes. Back in episode one, it was all about the spectacular symphonic sound of the Pet Shop Boys' treatment of the musical's finale somewhere. This time round, my focus is on the nicest reworking of America. Even in the original show tune, America had a strong whiff of subversion about it. It's a song where Puerto Rican immigrants argue about whether their new home in America is really as great as it's cracked up to be especially the way they're being treated in this land of supposed milk and honey. The Nice, Keith Emerson's band before setting up the supergroup Emerson, Lake and Palmer, took the tune and ramped up the fieriness, the fury of it all. It becomes a whirlwind of a tune reeling further and further out of control. It's all hammered home by a three-year-old son of P.P. Arnold, no less, uttering the chilling lines, America is pregnant with the promises of anticipation, but is murdered by the hand of the inevitable. I think I've already used the word apposite today, haven't I? Thank you. 
So there you have it. Another 10 songs that have been percolating around my brain of late. I hope you enjoyed them. If not, you have my most sincere apologies. Make sure you subscribe so as to avoid missing next week's rummage around my music collection. In the meantime, have a marvellous few days and nights till we meet again. special words. Happy day long Toilet Town newspaper reader in Chuckley Smiler. They all had a lovely turn. Gnomes came, Huckleberry Pickle tickled my thing gold, but Boy Blue left his horn stuffing under the settee and brought his melatron and freaked them all out. Oh, what a mind blast. Jackie Jill, knees up Mother Brody. Oh, what a joy to tickle it hard.